When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Bring out the blower because we are about to blow this thing up. <laughs> it's Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. It's Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers, live out at the Pinnacle Bank Championship over at the club at Indian Creek. You hear the sights and sounds behind us. The maintenance crew blowing off the grandstands. They're blowing off the greens. They're making things look pretty. We appreciate uh, their due diligence to help. Uh, smooth out things for the golfers out here. Um, and, and, you know, we heard a lot about course conditions yesterday when talking to a lot of these players. Pearson Cootie was one of them, and he's a uh, he's a third-generation guy, a product of Texas. He's here with his twin. His grandpa was the 71 Masters champion, so he's got golf running through his blood. But he also had a pretty decent round. He shot four under yesterday, and... Um, let's just say outside of his own personal game where he could have maybe putted one in or two to save birdie and ended up with par. He uh, really liked the course conditions. We'll go into some of those interviews now. Shane, let's pot up Pearson. You've played this course before. Any of the holes different, playing different for you today? Yeah, it's really different. Uh, last year is extremely firm play the firmest golf course we've played all year. So uh, to see that the rough is, you know, really green, really thick, uh, Ball's a little bit more receptive today. It was a scoring's a little different than it was last year, but just you know, trying to play good golf, hit fairways, hit greens, and hopefully make a few putts. One away from that auto bid. If you get that third win, you're automatically getting your tour card. Although it's pretty much locked in at this point, so uh, you just kind of have to wait for that day to come. And it's a day that you've been waiting for for your whole life. What does it mean to you to kind of just be on the brink of that? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, I would have taken any way, any shape or form of getting my tour card, but the fact that I'm in a position to kind of jumpstart the process is awesome. Uh, so, and I'm playing good golf. I had a good run last week in Utah. didn't quite get to the finish line. So uh, another good start this week, and hopefully just kind of keep stacking good rounds. A third-generation golfer. Your dad was a pro. Your grandfather, of course, won the 71 Masters. I'm sure you never heard that before or never never been around a story or two for that. But you also get to play with your twin brother, which is really cool. I mean, it's just not a lot of people get to do that. Um, as you kind of go about your journey, is it hard for you to ever get out of the shadow of being a cootie, like the last name cootie? Are you trying to pave your own path in any way? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, all, I'm obviously trying to you know, get to the PGA Tour, win on the tour, and kind of uh, create my own legacy. But it's something that I don't shy away from. Having a granddad that had such a successful career, uh, winning a major, playing great on the Champions Tour, and all that. So uh, it's something that I definitely don't shy away from because he's an extremely successful golfer, and I would not, wouldn't want nothing more to emulate his career as a pro. So uh, you know, it's I want to create my own way and, and win as well. But uh, no, it's really cool to have his, you know, name and legacy kind of surrounding mine. Is that where your winning mentality comes from, just being a part of a golf family? 
I don't know. My dad always told me, let's let's make it a priority to win at every level. And it's a little bit cliche, but when you get it towards the top of the leaderboard, especially when you're playing for money and stuff like I am now, it can be easy to kind of, I guess, take the foot off the gas and everything. But, uh, you know, the great players don't do that. They go the other way and they play great when they need to. And uh, so I'm just trying to have that mentality. How much of a motiv- motivating factor was it to experience what you did last year. You got so close, but you had a withdrawal from the finals because of an injury. How much did that motivate you this season? I, yeah, I mean, I was extremely close last year. Uh, I feel like, I think I finished 32nd or so on the points list and then had, a, had to have surgery on my hand in the fall. So I had a really kind of boring fall other than just sitting on my couch until January and then, uh, you know, started practicing in December and then the season started in January. So. I, I really, at the beginning of the season, just was hoping to kind of play well. I was still dealing with a lot of, you know, post-surgery issues and uh, luckily to rattle off a win and kind of kickstart my year. So, uh, yeah, it's extremely motivating, especially when you're sitting there on your couch and watching everyone else play good golf. <laughs> well, speaking of good golf, the Cootie brothers are playing good golf right now. You, of course, uh, top five in the rankings. Your brother, I think, around 24 right now. I mean, just... For one, what's it like to be right there with him on the course all the time, every day? And two, I, I want you to kind of think back to when you guys were kids. Like, what were the internal battles like as you guys were, you know, competing to be number one? Yeah, it, this would definitely uh, seem fake if you had told us, you know, at any age truly uh, up until this point. You know, we're 23, first out of college. So if you had said both of us would be on the Corn Ferry, uh, contending to get our PJ Tour cards at you know 23, first full year out of school, we'd kind of be like, uh, sign me up, and I really don't care what else comes with that. So uh, this certainly is a dream, and I'm hoping that he continues to play well this last five or six events, and uh, we can both do on the PJ Tour next year. We had Kevin Price on the show yesterday, and when I asked him to describe your game, he said wildly productive and sometimes inconsistent. Would you agree? Yeah, I certainly would. I certainly would because, like I said, I I had a hand surgery. I broke my arm the year before, so last year and a half I've spent about seven months of it on my couch. So uh, I feel like I'm still building towards my best golf and hopefully uh, have a healthy off season and can really hit the ground running on the PJ Tour. Last one for you. How'd you retool your game during those dark times and uh, you know kind of just get back to where you wanted to be? It's hard. Uh, it kind of changed my game. It, it allowed me to become a better putter, better chipper, uh, just because I went such extreme periods of not being able to hit golf balls. So uh, it's really, I always consider myself a great ball striker, and it kind of, I guess, checked me a little bit that my ball striking is going to take some time to build up. Uh, you know, you're playing with 70%, 80%, and you're slowly building, ball striking changing. So it really made me just kind of hone in on my short game, and it's been a, a huge factor to me playing better as a pro this year. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck the rest of the way, Pearson. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That was Pearson Cootie. And, uh, Robbie, before we move on to the next two, uh, just final thoughts from that. I I want to say this, and I'm going to say it early. He's going to be somebody that wins a lot on the tour. He yeah. won a lot. He was, he was atop the PGAU rankings last year. Um, he should have had a great well I don't I don't want to say he should have gotten his PGA card because who knows he was like one or two maybe maybe three spots away mm-hmm. but if he would have stayed healthy and didn't have that hand hand injury I bet he would have gotten his PGA card so I, I I'm I think it's fair to say that uh, the the chance of him doing that was 
above 80% last season. Mm -hmm. This season, he will absolutely get his card. Like I said, I mean, he's fourth on the list in the points rankings. He can't go outside the top 30 at this point. Even if he does get the auto bid, it it shouldn't matter. But when I bet on golf later down the road, this is somebody I'm going to bet on because he's a winner. Yeah, well, he's got he's a winner and he's got kind of the, as you talked about with him, the family legacy of a of being winners and just the the golf is is in his DNA. It is um, something that, you know, I'm sure his family would have been OK if he didn't become a golfer, but it was kind of something he was born to do almost. And so um, it, a lot of the times those are the guys you like to bet on. You like to bet on the guys with pedigree, regardless of what sport it is. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we're seeing this entire wave of. Um, you know, in Major League Baseball, tons of ex-players, kids, and in, in basketball, ex-players, kids, you know, and they kind of just know how to operate. There's a professionalism there because they watched it growing up. They know how to operate and they know how to win because of that. The other thing, too, but which I think is really cool and, and a cool moment for the for the Cootie brothers, they were dressed in up and down in master's caddy gear at one point in like the early 2000s. I think it was 2005. I don't know if their grandfather was still playing then. I would guess it was when their dad was sure, playing, sure. but it, it's just like a cool memory to like look at that photo yeah. and then look at them today. Yeah, because Parker is also on the brink of getting his card. I think right. he's like twenty fourth on the right. list now. He's got more work cut out for him than than Pearson does. Yeah, a little but work to do. You could see both of these guys on the tour next year, and it's just cool to see the evolution from a, a once you know five six year old kid watching their dad and yeah. grandfather do it to now seeing their gra- dad and grandfather behind the ropes while they get to do it. I just think that's just such a cool uh, page flip. Uh, talking to David Skins next, he's the two-time champion here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. And, uh, you know, he really honed in on his family in this interview. As you kind of went about your business today, what did you notice that was different on this course here in 2023 than it was in 2018 and 2021 when you won? Um they got a little rain, you know, July's been really wet, I've heard that from everyone, so it's a little softer, but it's, you know, you get three or four days of no rain here and it's going to firm up pretty quick, so they got it right where they want it, it's just a little softer than I was used to in 2021, where it's really firm, so yeah, it's, it's getting right where they want it though, they'll get these greens firm this weekend. I talked to numerous people throughout the morning and I was asking them, you know, who's your choice at, at winning the event this year? And they all said your name, probably because history backs yeah, that up, right? Choice, so what about what about that and the, and the fan experience um, at, from a player's perspective? Like, how much do you enjoy them and, and their ability to buy into what you guys are doing here and also to, to pick you out of, out of a group yeah. of, uh, you know, I, I don't even know how many total guys. Yeah, 150 guys out, yeah. 156 guys out mm-hmm. here. Oh yeah, that's that's kind of makes doing what we do worthwhile almost, you know, just to have people root for you that you've probably never met before. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know it gives a whole lot of worth to what we do. You know, it's uh, entertainment business at the end of the day. So if if you know what I do, someone finds entertaining and wants to root for me, that's that's job done for me. You know, that's top of the tree. And uh, yeah, you know I've been back here a lot, so I'm kind of the easy choice. Um, 
but you know you still got to put four rounds together and uh, it's a it's a place I'm comfortable and hopefully this weekend Omaha's rooting for me you know the grind never stops for you either I mean let me just take you back to the moment that and it was this year when you won the club car championship yeah. and it was such a heartfelt moment I mean I was smiling from ear to yeah. ear when I saw you bury the putt and your family runs out onto the green I mean you're hugging your kids your wife's out yeah. there too I mean just an emotional, heartfelt family moment. Yeah. Is that one of the best moments that you've shared on, on a golf course this year? Yeah, no question. It's one of the best moments I've had in my life playing golf. I mean, it's stuff you dream about, you know. My wife and I had watched that happen to a lot of guys on TV. And, uh, yeah, she's always said, you know, it would be really cool to have that moment. And, uh, yeah, to get that happen, you know, with the one week they get to come out each year because she works full time. She works really hard. So it's it's not something... You know, we get to experience a lot is having the kids out here and her out here. So to have that happen when they were there was, uh, yeah, dream come true stuff. And, uh, yeah, you couldn't write the script. It was amazing. I mean, absolutely special. And I could just tell just the dynamic that you guys have as a family away from golf. I mean, how much have they impacted you throughout your your up and down journey of this sport? Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think there's not anyone that journeys linear. Like, there's ups and downs, and it's... You know you've got to roll with it and uh you know having the family there you know it keeps me grounded Kristen does a really good job keeping me grounded um you know what's really important doesn't really matter if i have a bad day on the golf course or a great day on the golf course at the end of the day the kids still need me to be dad so yeah um you know she's worked very hard for a lot of years now um having a full-time job taking care of the kids so it's uh it's a balancing act, and uh, yeah, she just she's just a rock star at home. Now, with your performance today, do you feel like it set yourself up pretty good going into the weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's how I've started the last couple of times that I've had success here. I've not haven't lit it on fire on Thursday, but played a solid round. Um, and yeah, it was solid today. I had a couple of drives I'd like back, and an iron shot I'd like back. But yeah, you know, it was it was decent. Um, and uh, as the course firms up, hopefully I can uh, start to take advantage a little. So you mentioned some of those shots. What clubs were working for you today? A little bit of everything. I, I drove it pretty decent to start out. Um, hit a few, you know, relatively close and then rolled a couple of putts in. So it was a little bit of everything. And, uh, yeah, towards the end I, I hit a couple of squirrely ones, which I wasn't happy with. But, uh, you know, that's going to happen over the course of four rounds. So I'll go work on it and... Uh, tighten it up over the weekend and that's when you can really make a move well david i appreciate your time thanks so much good luck going into the weekend and really what he's saying to every other golfer out there is watch out because if your start today (laughs) matches anything like we saw in 18 and 21 you're in pretty good shape thanks for the time thank you i appreciate it the two-time winner david skins loves the course even though certain holes play differently nowadays I just know this from personal experience. Robbie, you know it being an athlete from personal experience. You just know where you play well, Mm -hmm. whether it's a gym, whether it's a field, whether it's a course. Mm -hmm. Whenever you just step foot back on the course, you're just like, yeah, I know I'm going to play well here. Yeah, it's almost, you know, we were talking about that ridiculous thing of like where I like to sit in a restaurant. Like there's certain places when you're an athlete where you walk into and you feel that sense of comfort and that sense of almost like, 
peace and tranquility where you're in a really good headspace to perform. Obviously, this is one of those places for David Skins. Wilson Fur up next. The last interview that we'll share from day one. He's a big personality. Uh, we talked a little Happy Gilmore, and we also talked a, a fun hypothetical. After that bogey on three, I mean, you really just started to rally an absolutely stunning performance. I think it was nine birdies. Did you end with ten? Did you? What What'd you do on that last hole there? I parred the last. Okay, I, so yeah, nine like birdies. Nine. Yeah. Nine huge. birdies is incredible. I, yeah. I know you, you know, mixed in a couple of bogeys there, but seven under is a pretty dang good performance yeah, here at the Pinnacle close. Bank Championship. How do you avoid getting fragile or like in your own head when you're out there on the course so that you can recover smoothly? Yeah, it's definitely the hardest part of the game, and I think it's what everybody works on out here, um, and I especially have and I got a little rattled on three. I thought I hit a good shot and it was ended up in a dead spot, but felt like we did a good job of staying, you know, focused and really getting after it going forward. Now in Happy Gilmore, of course, we learned that even if you are feeling a little stressed out there, you go to your happy place, yeah. right? So what does Wilson Fur's happy place look like upstairs if something isn't going right? Uh, just my caddy making fun of me or something like that. Yeah, I mean, just staring at the trees, <laughs> you know, anything other than golf. Um, I try to do between the shots and then when I do hit shots, you know, really focus in and then release. That's kind of the way I think of it. And I've already, I, I can already tell this, but I've been told you're one of the bigger personalities on the yeah. course. I don't know if people uh, or other golfers that you play with share those same ideas, but yeah, kind of what, what makes Wilson for, for Wilson Fur? It's a great question. Um, I don't know. I just like to be myself. You know, I like to have fun with it. And sometimes I get a little upset. You know, I ride a little hot, but, you know, working on that part. But, you know, I like to have fun out there and that's the way I do it. And I think when I kind of catch fire, I like to just keep it rolling like that. So it's fun. Now, Wilson, I don't know if you have buddies uh, back home that you go play with that aren't you know golfers like yourself yeah. if they're more like average probably like me in time. a case so it's i'm gonna put a i'm gonna paint a hypothetical for you and All i right. want you to tell me how you'd handle the situation okay so you strike a ball par four okay you hit it about 300 yards your buddy hits it straight into the woods okay all of a sudden, you know, you guys are both searching for his ball, can't find it. So you go back, play your ball. You put it like two or three feet from the pin. Now, out of nowhere, you just hear a chunk in the forest. And there goes his ball. It lands even closer to the hole than yours. So you go meet up with him, and you know that he's cheating because you put his ball in your pocket after you found it in the woods. Do you tell him? That's probably, it sounds in this situation, I was going to beat him by 40, so I didn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Very impressive. Okay, so as you go into the weekend now, as you look forward to uh, the rest of the tournament here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship, um, up, uh, you know, at seven under, yeah. you have to be feeling pretty confident in your own abilities to win this thing. Absolutely. I feel like my game's been trending well for the last couple of weeks, and like I said, I feel like we've really put some pieces together, and so I feel really excited going for the rest of the week, and I was telling him I really love this golf course. So that's always a plus. And you're on the outside looking in, so yeah. being at 47 right now, a, a, a win here or even a strong finish could really push you into that top 30 or get you close. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the name of the game. You know, you're just trying to finish the best you can every day and see where it ends up at the end, but definitely a high finish, you know, it, it rewards it for sure. So that's what we're looking for. Wilson, I appreciate your time. Thanks so awesome. much. Thanks. Enjoy the weekend. I appreciate you. Will do. So, Robbie, who do you know that would be a big mm. cheater? Well, so it depends on, so you gave a hypothetical there. It depends on whether they told you or not that they couldn't find their ball. No, no, no. If you play it out of the woods, you said you found your ball. If you couldn't find your ball, you're either going back to re-tee or you're playing a drop in the rough. So, I, listen, I, I don't golf a ton anymore, but in my 20s, I golfed a lot. And what I would do is if I got a ball into a bad spot and I couldn't find it, I would drop the ball closest to where I thought it was 
And but then I would tell whoever I was with, hey, I'm taking a penalty. Couldn't find my ball. I just dropped it where I thought it was. Right. You thought, though, like I couldn't find the ball. So you dropped it in the course. You didn't play it out of the. No, sticks. I would play it from wherever I thought it landed. No way. Yeah. You're a club ruiner. Well, listen, I'm I'm trying. Dude, we're not pros. We don't have to do that. You move it to the course. You take your drop. You probably, There's probably a zone somewhere you can drop to. I'm trying to hit the shot that I thought I was going to have to hit. There's no way. Yeah. Man, I, I want to play with you, and I hope we play for money. Because if you're <laughs> playing that way, this is easy. I wouldn't even charge you a drop I mean, if you had to drop a ball where you thought it went. No, I you're would. hitting four trees, and you're still trying to get out of the woods. Listen, it doesn't do me any good. Like when I was golfing a lot, if it wouldn't do me, it doesn't do me any good to play out of the woods. Yes, it doesn't do me any good to play out of a spot that I didn't hit it to in the first Ravi, place. Ravi. It doesn't do you any good to ruin your six hundred dollar clubs. Well, listen, you gotta you gotta do whatever you gotta do. They're <laughs> clubs, wild. you know. They're clubs. No, no, they're 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 gold. Whenever <laughs> whenever we buy these, things. I didn't play with gold clubs. I played with regular metal <laughs> clubs. <laughs> I definitely know at least one or two people that would cheat. No, I. I'm I mean, it was gold. Think, it was absolute gold. Most of the people I was golfing with, I don't think would cheat they may do a drop or something and be like hey i couldn't find my ball but i don't nope i know so many people that shave strokes i know people that um go out and play and tell me that they shoot like their best score ever they i know somebody that told me the other day that he shot a 79 i'm like sweet so let's go out and play again because i'd love to play mm -hmm. with you and he shot like in the high 90s or in the hundreds i'm like you didn't shoot a 79 <laughs> because to shoot a 79 if you had a bad day you're probably shooting in the low 90s, yeah, maybe like the high 80s, yeah, yeah. but you're not shooting in the hundreds. You're pretty regularly probably in the mid 80s. Yeah, you're, you're just not having a blow up day. This, no. is, this isn't just like, hey, I had an awesome day and now I'm blowing up. My awesome day, the best day I ever had was on nine. I, had, I shot a nine or um, a 37 on mm -hmm. par 36. Yeah, I had an eagle. And I had two birdies, but it was only nine holes. Yeah, it was an easy nine hole course, sure. not a lot of hazards. So I was able to have a decent day as a decent golfer. Yeah, if I would have done that nine again, I guarantee I wouldn't have shot a thirty seven day I after day after shot day. Like a forty four. Sure. So, so if I shot a thirty seven and a forty four, what's that equal? Eighty one. Yeah, that's a great day on Terrific eighteen day. holes. Terrific great day. day. But I shoot on average in the low 90s. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You can have that one good day. You're not shooting 18 holes at 79. No, not if you're a regular mid to high 90s golfer. No. Cheater. He cheated. <laughs> Shaving strokes. Right. I you know, I don't I don't hang out with those people. I don't know. You need to find some new golf buddies. Uh well, speaking of, you know, a little bit of rivalry between one person and another. Um I saw on Twitter yesterday some Nebraska fans were getting a little uh, up in arms about Iowa talking about playing a women's basketball game over at Kinnick Stadium. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I first want to start with this. Nobody's idea is ever new anymore. Like, you Not don't really, really have a new no. idea. It's something that, like, you can enhance an idea yeah. or you can just recycle an idea. Yeah. But there's not really a new idea unless you're coming up with like this new product for and you're yeah. an entrepreneur. If there's a new sport idea, it's probably been done before. Sure. Um, did they see how successful Nebraska women's volleyball was in this effort? Of course they did. Sure. Because everybody th did. They knew that Nebraska was itching to get more bodies in the seats. They've been struggling to get more season ticket holders because the line is so long and they don't have the space. 
right? So they were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with women's basketball after last year. Look. With Iowa, yeah. Iowa women's basketball last year. The national championship game drew 9.9 million viewers. That's the most viewed NCAA women's basketball final in television history. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Caitlin Clark was playing. Yep. And people flocked to Caitlin last year after she was kind of doing everything solo, right? She's putting up 40-point wins. She shoots the ball from half court. Reminds you a little bit of Steph Curry, Jimmer Fredette. She's making those flashy point guard plays. You like that. Mm-hmm. You're attracted to that. Well, that's why Iowa can manage to do this because they have a lot of people out there that want to see her in action. Absolutely. And they can't because season tickets are probably just like they are for Nebraska women's volleyball. Yeah. You don't have a spot in the venue. You don't have enough. There's not enough spots. So, uh, you know, all that being said, I I do think it's kind of weird that a basketball game's played outside. It reminds me of a street ball game. But you know what? Every time I, I try to knock it, though, something always gives me a reason not to. Like the proceeds of this expedition, expi- expedition, exhibition, going to the University of Iowa St- Steed Family Children's Hospital. They can do the wave to the children yeah. in the venue, too. I mean, I think it's pretty cool at the end of the day. All right. You want to talk about Satterfield's offense? Sure. Let's yeah. do that next.